puzzle is put together and looks beautiful, you don't see the rest of the puzzle that's beautiful. You see that glaring hole where that missing piece is. And so um, we're going to talk today about uh, am I missing something? Am I missing something? Because Christianity um, can be very fulfilling and satisfying, and it can also be very frustrating and empty, depending on whether or not you're missing a piece, okay? You're missing a piece. And so look at Colossians chapter 1, and we're going to look where Paul tells the Colossians, hey guys, uh, you've been missing a piece, and here's the piece. Isn't it great to find that piece of the puzzle? There it is, and you put it in there, and it's so satisfying. It just the way it feels when it's going in there and locking in is so satisfying. And you stand back and you're like, I want to glue this thing and put it on a poster board and hang it up somewhere. And you never do. You just tear it up and put it back in there. But Paul is talking about this piece of the puzzle that's been missing that he's like, I got the missing piece. So in Colossians chapter 1, Start with verse 25, Paul says, I became a minister of the body of Christ, the church, according to the stewardship from God that was given to me for you. Okay, so you know, what he's saying is, I've got a responsibility. God gave me a, a responsibility to, uh, to the church, to the body of Christ, all right? It is, it is something that he get, gave me to do that I've got to do. That's what it means to be stewards. It was his responsibility, and the responsibility that he had been given was to make the Word of God fully known. To make the Word of God fully known, which means up to that point, the Word of God was not fully known. They were missing a piece. They had the Word of God, but not fully. Well, why did they not have the full Word of God? By the way, you ever felt like in your, in your walk with Christ, something's missing? Something's missing. There's, there's got to be more than what I've got. There's got to be more to it than what I have. And quite honestly, a lot of people fall away from God because of that feeling. They feel like they've tried, they've been there, they've done that, and it didn't work. The problem is not that Christianity doesn't work. The problem is, you remember the quote? What's the problem? Nobody's tried it. <laughs> the problem is not that Christianity doesn't work. The problem is very few people actually do Christianity right because they've got a missing piece. There's a piece missing. When you don't have that piece, it's empty. So why is this piece missing? Paul says, verse 26, the mystery. He says, I've come to reveal something to you. This mystery hidden for ages and generations. Hidden for ages and generations. In other words, the reason they were missing this piece of the puzzle is because Literally, it had not been given. It had been hidden. Kevin Whitworth obviously did something with it. Yes. yes. So you come in, oh, that's very sad. That's it. Makes sense. Poor Mona. Pray for Kevin. <laughs> the fact that he's still alive and... Uh, <clears throat> This, this mystery, this truth, he says, was, had not been revealed yet. 
It was hidden by God for ages. God had not revealed the missing piece. He had allowed people to live their lives without this piece of the puzzle. How, how, how uh, uh, devious of God, right? How mean of God to hold, to do what Kevin does. Kevin, who knew you were being like God, right? <laughs> Holding back this piece of the puzzle until the moment, not just Jesus comes on the scene, but Paul comes and he's like, God has given me the piece of the puzzle to share with you. He, it's been hidden forever. And now it's been revealed to his saints. So to his saints, to the church. So Paul says, I've been given the responsibility to share with the church the missing piece. The missing piece. What is it? To them, verse 27. Wait a minute, what, before we go there. What, what, what is the missing piece? All right. Again, it has not been revealed. What was it that was missing before Paul comes on the scene and preaches it and shares it? So I, I thought, well, maybe it was mercy. Because you ever, you ever heard or thought that, you know, that God of the Old Testament and the God of the New Testament sounds like two different guys? You know, like that's got to be two different. There's a mean God in the Old Testament that's ready to smite Whoever he wants to, you know, he's just a smiting God. He'll smite you and smite that. He's looking for somebody to smite. And then you get to the, the, the New Testament God, and he's like, love everybody. Forgive your enemies. And you're like, that can't be the same God that's in the Old Testament smiting everybody. And yet, it is the same God. If you look in the Old Testament, you see mercy. God has mercy. You see people that deserve to be destroyed that God doesn't destroy. That's mercy. It's mercy. The fact that the whole world was destroyed and Noah was saved was mercy on Noah. Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed. Lot and his family, God had mercy on them. God had mercy on his people, Israel. When they deserved to be destroyed, he had mercy on them. So we see mercy in the Old Testament, New Testament. There's mercy in the, uh, in the uh, mercy was in the message before Paul came along. What about forgiveness? Forgiveness was in the message before Paul came along. Okay, uh, that's why the system of sacrifices was given, so that people could be forgiven, or that, so that their sin could be atoned for. Even though it was temporary, atonement for sin was already in the Old Testament, so that they could be forgiven. God forgave David's sin, not David Ashby, even though God has forgiven David Ashby's sin. But the one we refer to as King David, when he committed adultery with Bathsheba, lied about it, had one of his closest, uh, uh, at least the clo the, the, the one of the top men in his military killed because Bathsheba was his husband and she got pregnant. So he had her killed to cover up his sin. He lied about it and all that. God said when David confessed, God said, I forgave you. I forgive you. Forgiveness was in the Old Testament. Forgiveness is nothing new. What about, what about Jesus? Paul has this message of Jesus. Was Jesus in the Old Testament? You bet he was. Jesus, the Old Testament's full of Jesus, of Christ. So we had Jesus. I mean, you read the, even the law points the finger to Jesus. Jesus coming. The, the Psalms. Point the finger to Jesus. The, the prophets point the finger to Jesus. So we had we had Jesus. We had salvation. Okay? 
Remember the Red Sea parting? The walls of Jericho falling? Manna from the sky coming down? We had salvation. Remember David slinging the sling and the rock and killing Goliath? You had deliverance and salvation in the Old Testament. So what was missing? What was missing if we had all that? Paul tells us in verse 27. Thank you, Paul. Wasn't Jesus, wasn't Christ. To them, to the saints, to Christians, if you're a Christian in here, he wants you to know this. To the saints, God has chosen to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery. So it's not just for the Jews, and not, it's for the Gentiles as well, which if you're not a Jew, you're a Gentile, so it's for you. What is this mystery? What's this thing that nobody has understood before? Christ in you, the hope of glory. Nobody got that. Nobody got that. Everybody was looking for a Savior. The disciples even, when Jesus come and died and rose again, were looking for a Jesus to handle stuff on the outside. Are you at this time, Lord, going to restore the kingdom to Israel? Outer things. The Christ was to come. In fact, the reason, one of the greatest reasons that Israelites, Jewish people, do not receive Jesus as their Messiah is because all that outward stuff with the nation of Israel being having peace and being the center of the world and all that has not happened yet. And so they say Jesus could not be the Messiah, the Christ, because he hasn't set everything right in the world yet. Or he didn't. They would say he didn't set everything right in the world, which is why it was a mystery, which is why it was hidden. It was not revealed. But, God, but Paul was given the responsibility of revealing. What is it? No, no. First, he's going to do a work in you. He's going to do a work in you. He's going to live first inside of you. Christ in you is the hope of glory. Okay? Christ in you gives you the capability or the potential of glory. Glory. What does that mean? Well, it means glorifying God. You have the ability to glorify God rather than bring shame upon God because Jesus lives inside of you. If you're a Christian this morning, Jesus lives inside of you. Christ lives inside of you. That's the mystery. And that's our hope is that Jesus lives inside of me. Okay? But this is it. Christ in you, and this is a fill in the blank I think I left in there. I took most of them out. Christ in you. Can I see your paper? Your paper should look like this. Your paper should look like that. How old are you, Malachi? 13. Let me tell you what this doesn't say. Bree, what are you doing for lunch today? I wish he'd shut up so we could go eat lunch. I'm so sleepy, I didn't get enough sleep last night because of time change. I, I, I looked at it before I said anything because I'm like, well, that might say that. <laughs> but I will say one thing that it says. I am writing down everything he says. <laughs> Good job, Malachi. Yeah, give Malachi a hand. Well done. Malachi, you get the star today, and follow Malachi right down. I'm sure others of you are writing stuff down, too. So here's the fill in the blank, I think. Christ in you equals potential energy. Christ in you equals potential energy. 
okay? But I'm so glad you had all that written down, Malachi. It would have not gone that well had you been writing notes to Bree. <laughs> Which is what would have been on it when I was 13. Christ in you is potential energy. Potential energy. You know what potential energy you is? I thought it was, and I'm like, well, I might need to look potential energy up just to make sure, because I honestly didn't know exactly the definition. So I looked it up, and then Britannica.com, here is the definition of potential energy. The energy that something has because of its position, it's not on the screen. Did I not put that in easy worship? So you just listen to me then. The energy that something has because of its position or the way its parts are arranged. Say it again. The energy that something has because of its position or the way its parts are arranged. In other words, all right, its position. The energy something ha has because of its position. Here's where you and I would have potential energy. Because we are in Christ. Right? If anyone is in Christ, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. If anyone's in Christ, he's a new creation, right? The old things pass away, everything's become new. If you are a Christian, you are in Christ. You are saved. In John chapter, I believe it's 13. Is that right? 17 maybe. John 17, excuse me. Jesus says, I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one, talking about you and me, Christians, as we are one, I in them, there you go, I in them and you in me, I in them and you in me, so that <clears throat> they may be brought to complete unity. So again, this, this, this idea of us being in Christ and Christ being in us, position. That position, us being in Christ and Christ being in us, gives us potential energy. Potential energy. So you have potential. Look at your neighbor and say, say you have potential. I don't do that much, look at your neighbor and say, but that's so I don't have to get the feather out, Miss B.C. I just tell you to talk to your neighbor, see. I don't have to get the feather out to wake everybody up. Miss B.C., Miss B.C. said I need to get a feather, and when somebody goes to sleep, just tickle them with the feather. I suggested a stick. She did not like the idea of whacking people over the head with a stick. She said use a feather. Mercy, judgment. All right? But to position. Your position, if you're a Christian, you are in Christ. Christ is in you. You have potential energy. Here's the problem with potential energy. Potential, and this is, by the way, Britannica.com says this. Potential energy is energy that is not yet being used. Potential energy. It's not energy. It's, not, it's potential energy. It's not yet being used. When Christ is in you and you're in Christ, you have potential energy, that doesn't mean it's being used. That means it could be used. Our responsibility as Christians is to take the potential energy and use it, right? Use it. Use it to do what? Why is Christ in you? What's the purpose of Christ being in you? What's the goal of Christ being in you? Christ in you, the hope of what? Remember we talked about last week. The hope, the second side, the other side of hope, the dark side of hope, not really the dark side, but just the second side of hope, one side of hope, and if, if God said it, you can have hope in it, it's going to come to pass. You know it is. We have the hope that we're going to rise, if we're with Jesus and we belong to Jesus, 
we are going to live again after we die. We know that. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. We know that's going to happen because Jesus said it. So there are some hopes that we have that are guaranteed. There's also some hopes that we have that are not guaranteed. Like I hope, there are, there are people that I hope will get saved that may or may not get saved. Okay, this hope of glory is the second side of hope. It's not a hope that's guaranteed. It's potentially there. It's, it's, it could be a reality. But the, the, what makes it a reality or makes it not a reality is whether or not we choose to use the potential energy that is inside of us who is Christ. So here's you have, if Christ is in you, the hope of glorifying God, which means you cannot say if you're a Christian, I just can't help it. Or I just can't. I just can't. I just can't. I've tried and I've can't and, and I can't. Now here's a little caveat. You can say that as long as you finish that with, but I can because Christ is in me. When Paul said, I no longer live, when he said, I am crucified with Christ and I no longer live, he didn't put a period right there and stop it. He said, But what happened? What did he say? But what he said, I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And then what does he say? And the life that I now live. Whoa, 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 Paul. You just said you don't live. I'm crucified with Christ and I no longer live. And the life that I now live, whoa, whoa, you said you no longer live. How can you no longer live and, and live a life now? Well, you do that because you got the missing piece of the puzzle which is Christ in you, Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's why Paul could say, I'm dead and I live because I have Jesus in me. I have found nothing good in my flesh, and yet my flesh can glorify the Lord because I've got the hope, the hope, the hope. I've got the hope of glory that I can glorify the Lord. I can glorify the Lord. Whatever he asks me to do, I can do by his strength because Christ lives inside of me, potential energy. Potential energy gives you the ability to live like Jesus lived, to glorify God. Now, again, how do we glorify God? We live like Jesus lived. Look what Paul says in verse 28, Colossians 1, 28. <clears throat> Him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. We looked at this a couple weeks ago as well. But I want you to remember what, bless you, what the goal is that, that Paul is aiming for. The goal is maturity in Christ, okay? How many of y'all are thankful to be a child of God? Thankful that because of what God did, He gave us the right to be children of God through Christ. We can be children of God. That does not mean God wants us to stay immature and gullible. When Jesus said, hey, the greatest in the kingdom is like a child, He was not talking about being gullible and immature. He was not talking about whining and crying because somebody stole your toy. Or somebody's not giving you what you want when you want it. That's not what he was talking about, being like a child. He's talking about faith like a child, believing in God like a child. A, a child is gullible. You should believe God, but you should not believe everything. You should trust God like a child trusts You don't have to explain everything for a child to believe that God created it all. Just a second. Okay, God created everything out of nothing. Okay. Just believe it, right? Nope. Now, when we get older, what do we do? We have questions. We have questions. 
Nothing wrong with asking questions. Nothing at all. You know why? Because the truth will play out that God created it all. If he created it all, the truth will play out that he created it all. I love questions. Questions are good. You should ask questions. If you're not asking questions, you're not growing, I don't think. But don't believe everything everybody says. Here's the problem. The problem is not that people question if God created everything out of nothing. That's not the problem. That people go, mm, I don't know how that's possible to create everything. We need to study this out. By now. What, what, did he really? Now, here's what science has shown us. What has it shown us, Dave? Everything comes from nothing. <laughs> okay, there you go. It backs up my faith. Now, I believed that before a scientist said it because I believe God. But, but, but the truth played out. The facts will point to the truth. The facts will show you the truth. But here's the problem. You don't need to believe everything. Just because somebody says, no, that's not what happened. Everything didn't come from nothing. Something always existed, which what it, some scientists said at some point. Before they found out that the universe came from nothing, they said the universe always existed. That was one hypothesis. You don't believe everything everybody says. That's gullibility. And yet a lot of people fall into that. They don't believe in the Bible anymore because somebody said it wasn't true. Somebody said Jesus never really existed. Somebody said Jesus didn't really die on the cross. Somebody said Jesus didn't re really didn't rise from the dead. You don't just take everybody's word for everything. That's not what he means by being gullible. Look what, he, look what Paul says in, um, it's in there, isn't it? Is it verse 29? I think it is. No. Where? Oh, oh, it's in Ephesians, I think. I'm sorry. <clears throat> yeah, Ephesians, Ephesians, Ephesians. Chapter, I put that in your notes, right? Ephesians chapter 4. Look at Ephesians chapter 4. Sorry, we'll edit that out of the video, and you forget I said it. Ephesians chapter 4, which is where I told you it was. Starting at verse 11. And, and, and Christ gave some to be apostles. He gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds or the pastors, and the teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ. I want you to see that the goal of, of, of uh, all of those people, of apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, teachers, the goal is to build the body up for the work of the ministry. They equip the saints for the work of the ministry. Until, look what he says, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. To mature manhood. You see that fits in with Colossians, maturity. To the, what is mature manhood? To the measure and the stature of the fullness of Christ. Again, this maturity. What does it mean to be mature? It means to be like Jesus. And if you want to keep growing up, you need to keep becoming more and more like Jesus. You cannot do that without the Holy Spirit inside of you, Christ in you, the hope of glory. But with Him in you, you can. You can be more like Christ. Look what He says. So that... He wants us to be mature so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. What is he saying there? I don't want you to believe everything you, you hear. I don't want you to be uh, uh, knocked off your feet by some lie somebody says about what the Bible is or isn't or about what Jesus is or isn't. I want you to be able to stand strong. 
How do we stand strong? We mature in Christ. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up. We're to grow up. You ever been born again? Good. Now grow up. (laughs) Grow up. It's good. You can't grow up if you've never been born. But just because you're born doesn't mean you're grown up. Okay, hey. Here's your ticket to growing up. You're not going to grow up without this. You're going to put the puzzle together, and it's always going to be something missing. And, And this is not just Christ in you. It's not just that. That's potential energy. It's Christ in you. The, putting this piece in the puzzle is not having the piece. You finding the piece and looking at it doesn't finish the puzzle. Finish the puzzle is taking that piece and putting it where it belongs. Where does Christ in you belong? We used to sing a song at, at State Line Methodist, Jesus on the inside, working on the outside. Oh, what? y'all didn't, y'all weren't raised at State Line Methodist? Y'all missed out. Y'all missed out. Jesus on the inside, working on the outside. Oh, what a change in my life. Nope. Hmm. We sing that. So that, that's the key. Jesus on the inside, good enough, but working on the outside. Not just Jesus on the inside, potential energy, but living on the outside. Put it into practice. That's the goal. Maturity will not happen if you just hold the piece of the puzzle. We got a lot of people with the piece of the puzzle, but they ain't putting it into practice. That's why we're immature. That's why we fight. We can't get along with each other because we're trying to in our own flesh. I don't care how long you've been a Christian. This piece is not in your puzzle. If it's if you ain't put if you ain't putting it in there. Here's what I find: every morning I wake up, this piece of the puzzle is laying on the floor. I'm like, today the puzzle was complete, and I woke up this morning, and that piece is missing. Every morning, sometimes I'll walk through during the day, and that puzzle, that piece of the puzzle is missing. Anybody else like that? That, pu- that piece of the puzzle is missing again, and I know it because I feel it. And I'm like, ooh, something's missing. So I need something. This ain't good. I'm not good. And there it is, laying on the floor. Somehow, I, my flesh, has knocked it out again. And I have to be, it's not Jesus' fault. Jesus doesn't get up and walk away. Christ is in me, but I'm not putting him to practice. I'm not putting him to use. I'm not allowing the Holy Spirit to lead me. Try to do it in my flesh. And it's empty, and it'll frustrate you, just like getting the whole piece of the puzzle done and missing that one piece. I'm giving you the key to a non-frustrating Christian life. To a Christian life where everything on the outside can be going terrible and you can have peace and joy on the inside. How? Christ in you, the hope of glory, the hope not guaranteed to happen, but potentially possible could happen if you put him into practice, put him to use, and live him out. And living him out, what does it look like? What does it mean to grow up? What are we going to? The maturity, what maturity do we look like? Like Christ. The target, the target is Christ. The target is Christ-likeness. The target is living and talking and doing what Jesus would live, say, and do. That is the target. There's no higher target than Jesus, okay? You don't get to Jesus and then move on to the next thing. You will never on this earth get to the point where you're exactly like Jesus. You will always need this piece, 
You will always need to put it into practice, and you can glorify God, but you're never going to get to the point where there's nothing. Maybe you could say the piece doesn't, doesn't fit right. You ever tried that too? It's like, it doesn't feel quite right. There's always going to be times where you can mature. You're never going to be fully mature until Jesus comes back. So every day you're going to have to put this puzzle in and put it to practice, put it to work. But I'm telling you, it's time for us to grow up. We've lived in the name of Jesus and living like the devil too long. I've lived in the name of Jesus and living like Eric for too long. And I'm telling you, and you can vouch for me, there's no hope. There's no joy. There's no joy in that. It's empty, frustrating. There's no joy. There's no joy in having him and not living with him, not living by him. So I want to close today. Praise God. Is your puzzle incomplete? Are you missing something? You missing something? What you're missing, here, here's the thing. You're not going to fill that void by making more money. You're not going to fill that void by vacations, by hobbies. You, you, you're not going to fill that void by working more, fishing more, playing more softball, going on cruises. Nothing wrong with any of those things, by the way. I'm not saying there's anything wrong. I'm just saying they don't fit. That hole is not, that hole is not dollar-shaped or cruise-shaped or golf-ball-shaped or tennis racket-shaped or TV series-shaped or movie-shaped or what, what food-shaped. I almost put a picture of a hot wing on there, AJ. You ever heard a steak? You, you ever heard that, 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 that there's a God-shaped hole in all of us? Skillet sang that song. God, God-shaped hole. Mm. <laughs> oh, it's you. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I wondered if we were about to be beamed up. I don't know. I was like. I never thought the trumpet would sound like that, but if it did, I didn't want to miss it. <laughs> Boom. <coughs> what? Yes, that's, that's right. I was, I was ready to go. Are you? Are you? Gone. Thank you, Daniel. <clears throat> there we go. If you're walking around miserable, living the Christian life as best you know how, miserable, miserable, you're missing something. And the piece of the puzzle. Is not just in your pocket. It's inside of you. Use it. Use him. Call upon him. Here's how it happens. Again, I said this before. I just want to make it as easy. This is how easy it is. Holy Spirit, I can't handle this. I need you to handle this for me. 
Holy Spirit, I can't handle this. I need you to give me what I need to handle this. Either one of those will do. It, do it's, it, Father, this is too much for me to handle. It's bigger than I am. If I do it, I'll mess it up. I need your spirit to do this through me. I need Jesus to live through me. That's taking the peace, putting it down. And if you live your life day in, day out, hour in, hour out, moment in, moment out, the more you do that, the more joy will come in your walk as a Christian. Somebody hurt your feelings? God, I can't forgive them. Jesus, forgive them through me. Taking the piece of the puzzle, putting it in there. So I want us to walk free. I want you to keep this piece of the puzzle, by the way. I want to show you the puzzle. My mom bought two pu- brought two puzzles. I'm glad she didn't just bring this one. This is a puzzle of Zach and Trendy's wedding with Grandma and Papa. That I would have given all of you one piece and let you take it home with you. Which not, would have not went over well with Grandma and Papa or Trendy and Zach. So here you have. Now here's the good thing. I got one more verse. I said I was closing, didn't I? I'm not closing. We'll edit that out too and y'all forgive me. Jesus, help us forgive him. I want, I want you to see, I want you to see that this is exactly what Paul's saying. What I just told you exactly what Paul's saying. Look what Paul says. Last verse, verse 29, finishes up Ephesians chapter 1. Praise God, right? Ephesians 1, done. <laughs> Colossians, I'm sorry, Colossians chapter 1. For this, praise God, Carrie says. Carrie's like, are you ever going to get out of Colossians 1? For this I toil, Paul says. What is he toiling for? To get, make sure everybody knows the piece of the puzzle. To make the word of God fully known. To help them understand you got Jesus in you. Use him. For this I toil, look what he says, struggling with all my energy. Nope. That's what he was doing when he was persecuting Christians. He'd lived that way. He was miserable. Successful, but miserable. For this I toil, struggle with all his energy. That he powerfully works within me. You see it? That's it. That's the gospel. Paul's living out the gospel. He's like, on my own, I couldn't do it. It's too hard. But because Christ lives in me, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Stand up with me if you would. I want you to keep this piece of the puzzle. Yeah, you got something, Dave? Come on, come on. I mean, I've already lied to him about me quitting, so you might as well say something too.